Welcome to episode two of Angry Americans. The pod is off to a great start. Thank you to all of you who tuned in for episode one. Welcome to all of you that are here for the first time. This is a movement. People get it. It's a new place for news, unity, and action. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. I'm an activist, a veteran, a concerned American. I'm also a 9-11 first responder and the proud dad of two young boys. I'm a political independent. I'm unaffiliated. And like 40% of Americans, I do not have a party. But I do have a podcast. And so do you. This one. Every show, I want to bring you four things. My four eyes of righteousness. The letter I. Integrity, information, impact, inspiration. That's what Angry Americans is going to be all about. And that's what today's show is all about. Last week's episode on Trump versus the Marine Corps made a dent. People everywhere were talking about it. And I told you about how the Marine Corps uh, had created a memo that was leaked. And in that memo, it underscored how the wall, Trump's wall, would compromise our national security. So it became Trump against General Robert Neller, Commandant of the Marine Corps. Guess who won? Yep, the Marines. The day after our last pod drop, Marine Commandant uh, General Robert Neller announced on, on Friday that Marine bases are getting their money. For hurricane damage, at least. General Neller wrote from his verified Twitter account, quote, we have received word that Congress has agreed to the administration's request to reprogram $400 million to help Marines and their families recover from the damage inflicted by Hurricanes Florence and Michael. That's what Neller wrote from his verified Twitter account. He probably did it in much more of a Marine Corps voice. Um, but he said, I'm grateful to the president, DOD, Congress, and DON, uh, Department of Navy, for their leadership and their support on this issue. That's what General Neller said. So what's the summary? Marines won, Trump zero. Great reporting on this from James Laporta over at Newsweek, a Marine himself who served in Afghanistan. These are the kind of issues we want to stay on top of at Angry Americans. If you're not angry, you're not paying attention. And plenty of people were paying attention to that story after this pod last week, and we're going to stay on top of it. And we got an awesome show for you today. I'm going to kick it off with a rant, as I will each week, uh, about an issue or a person that's got me cranked up. And today... It's Howard Schultz. I've had my coffee, not from Starbucks, and I'm taking the gloves off. We got a great guest this week. Now, I don't want to just interview famous people. I want this show to be a voice for the voiceless, the people out in the field, the people who are fighting the fight. And sometimes we're going to get creative. Sometimes we're going to go to the front lines of America's most important issues. Sometimes I'm not going to use their names. I'm going to protect their anonymity and pull out the ground truth and get that perspective you can only get from people who are deep in the fight. But today... We're going to interview an American hero, someone who embodies the spirit of this country, someone who embodies the spirit of this show, a, a true hero, someone your kids can look up to, Rob Sarah. He is a FDNY, Fire Department of New York hero. He's an activist. He's an advocate. And he's making some noise in Washington and telling us about an issue that everybody should be making some noise about. So stick around for that. And we'll take angry Americans to the streets again to talk to some real angry Americans, see what's got people cranked up. There's no shortage of issues in America right now, but this time I went to the Statue of Liberty. Yep, right near Ellis Island, just blocks away from Ground Zero and, and the World Trade Center uh, with this debate about immigration and the border, you know, tearing people apart nationwide. I went to the epicenter of America's immigration history, just outside of Ellis Island, just in the shadow of the Statue of Liberty to find out what people are angry about. It's fun, it's interesting, and you're not going to want to miss it. If you're not angry, you're not paying attention. And here's another issue I'm dialed up about. 
So Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks, is running for president. He's running as an independent, and I'm an independent. I, on a very basic level, celebrate the fact that people are independents. Roughly 40% of our country is independent or unaffiliated. They reject both parties or they feel like they don't have an allegiance strong enough to those parties where they want to put their name down and identify it, which I think is important. Like I believe in a lot of things that Republicans do and Democrats do, but I'm not going to call myself a Democrat or call myself a Republican. It's not going to be part of Rykoff's identity. That's my choice, right? I am a Yankee fan. I am a dad. I am an American. I am not a Democrat or a Republican. That's my fucking choice. And I think that's part of my right as an American. So on, on a very basic level, the fact that Howard Schultz is running for president as an independent, I think is a good thing. The problem is he's running for president and ultimately he will be a spoiler and he will be a spoiler for all independents because the rest of the country is going to be so pissed at all the independents who support him. It's the Gary Johnson factor. This is the Ross Perot factor. I believe with, with, with what he believes in principle on some things. He's a centrist. He, doesn't, he rejects both parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But if he was just building an independent movement, if he was trying to encourage more people who are independent to get involved, great. If I had to take that all the way to include voting for him for president, that's where it stops. He is not, first of all, he's not qualified to be a commander-in-chief of, of, of our country and be president. I know everybody thinks they are now, but him in particular, I don't think he's qualified. And if you watch the CNN forum, you saw why. He doesn't have a mastery of the issues. But on a very basic level, I do believe that independent politics is needed, is necessary, is growing. That's a big part of this show. The Angry Americans is about the angry middle, about the unaffiliated, the, the, the silent majority, the folks who don't have a party and don't want a party. They want to be free agents. They want their vote to be fought for. They don't want to be a gimme for a politician. But he's going to fuck a lot of that up because you know he's saying, in, in, and you must vote for me, which is not my conclusion, not my end state. And I think he rammed it home for me when they asked him a question about the VA, the Department of Veterans Affairs. They asked him, what are you going to do? A young veteran stood up and, and she asked him, what are you going to do about the VA? And he, he responded by saying, the VA, the VA. Do, do any of you know how big the VA budget is? Like it was some kind of quiz show. And my, some of my colleagues were in the front row. They know what the budget is. I know what the budget is. It's over $200 billion. It's a big budget. It's one of the largest in the federal government, second only to like the Pentagon, maybe Department of Homeland Security. That's a big deal. It's a big amount of money. But he used that as his first point. The VA budget is so big. I bet you didn't know it was so big. No, but he also did, didn't argue that maybe we need that much money because going to war is expensive and people losing their legs is expensive and a lot of other things related to war is expensive. Instead, he said, look at how big it is. It's a bloated bureaucracy. The number one thing I'm going to do is diagnose the problem. Well, no shit. That would be a nice leadership style to diagnose the problem before. You, and then he talked for a while about integrity and leadership. And he said the, the solution to the VA is integrity and leadership. No specifics. Nothing about electronic record keeping. Nothing about how to reform the unions. Nothing about how to serve women better. Uh, who, are, who are a growing percentage of the population. No specifics on burn pits or homelessness or any other issue within that issue that would show he actually had mastery of it. Instead, he did what politicians always do, the great talking point. And then he stood up, this is the whopper, and this is one you're going to hear about. He stood up on stage and said, I will fix the VA. I promise you, after shitting on Trump for 20 minutes about how Trump makes big promises and doesn't follow through, 
Schultz did exactly that, and in my view, he made the most ridiculous promise he could ever make. I will fix the VA. He said, he basically said, you can take it to the bank. Saying I will fix the VA is the modern equivalent of I will clean up Washington. Every politician says it, and every politician fails. If he does clean up the VA, he will be the first president in American history to do it. It's also where presidential aspirations go to die. Trump said he was going to do it. Obama said he was going to do it. Bush said he was going to do it. VA still fucked up. There's plenty of things that are right about the VA. Their mental health care is great. There's a lot of smart people working very hard. They innovate on research, and they invented the nicotine patch. There's a whole lot to the VA that you don't know about. But if you say, I'm going to walk in and wave a magic wand and fix what I think is the most complicated bureaucracy in America, I call bullshit. You've lost me. You're arrogant. You are overestimating your ability, and you don't actually understand the problem, which I think should be one of the most sacred obligations of the commander-in-chief, making sure the VA works so that 21 million veterans have health care, have support, have their GI Bill. That needs to work well. And if you walk in and say, I promise you I will fix it, then you are arrogant. And if you're that arrogant about fixing the VA, you're probably going to be that arrogant about invading Syria or our budget or other emergencies that happen. If you think that with that kind of certainty that you can fix the single problem that every other president has failed to fix, I call bullshit. So that's what's gotten me angry about Howard Schultz. I think there will be more about Howard Schultz in the weeks to come to make me angry. Um, you know, Starbucks coffee, I think, sucks. I mean, it, it's way overpriced. I drink it a lot, but it's not, you know, Dunkin' Donuts versus Starbucks. I think Dunkin' Donuts is much more likely to be the sponsor of the angry Americans than, than Starbucks will. It's, maybe it's a bit more of a working class brand. It's, it actually conflicts me because I'm a Giants fan and I'm a New Yorker and there's this like Dunkin' Donuts foothold in Massachusetts and New England and Patriots fans. They love their Patriots and they love their Dunkin' Donuts, which is conflicting for me. But nevertheless, Howard Schultz is going to be around. I think he's already getting destroyed in the media for a lot of reasons, but most of all because I think he's arrogant and, and he doesn't know what it takes to become president. He's not the only person running for president right now that's in that category, but he's the one that's in my sights today. If you're not angry, you're not paying attention, and that's what I'm angry about today. And it's what I think every American should be angry about too. What do you think about this issue? Sound off online with the hashtag AngryAmericans and at AngryAmericans.us. All right, lots happening in America this week. Plenty to be angry about. If you're not angry, you're not paying attention. And I'm going to give you Rykoff's recap of a couple of the top stories in America that I think should have you righteously angry. Number one, uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, Kirsten Nielsen, is out. The latest member of the Trump cabinet to be out. Uh, surprisingly, she was not fired on Twitter, but she did resign. And here's why this is important. Number two, four of the most senior leaders in America are now acting that means they weren't vetted by Congress. So the Secretary of Defense, Secretary of Interior, Department of Homeland Security, and the Chief of Staff, none of them were vetted by Congress or by the media or by you. This is dangerous for America, and I think something to watch. Uh, next, Trump is still threatening to close the border with Mexico and build a wall. Is Trump closing the border? Great. Last week, I talked about Trump versus the Marine Corps. The Marines won. Trump lost. I think America won. But this is reason to be angry. Next, still no release of the full Mueller report. Release the damn report. I mean, everybody in America wants to see this thing. Let's get it out there. Let's talk about it. Let's find out what's under the hood and get into it. Next, 
There was a huge election in Israel. Most people in America probably weren't tracking on this, but Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is basically on a mandate. Keep him or dump him. So it's Netanyahu versus Benny Gantz. He's a uh, six-foot-four former army chief and career soldier. And interestingly, there's a third-party pro-marijuana candidate that could be the spoiler. So marijuana continue to be continue to be a big issue in America, but also worldwide. So this has huge global implications, and no matter who wins, somebody's going to be angry over there. Next, Biden's still in crisis. Uh, the Democratic Party is having this internal conflict about allegations that he inappropriately touched women, and it's not going away. So this is dividing people within the Democratic Party and dividing people in America. Next, there is a new mysterious infection terrifying people worldwide. Yes, uh, the rise of Canida aureus, that's what it's called. Uh, it's a serious and growing public health threat, drug-resistant germs. Now, I don't want to scare the shit out of you. That's not my job on this podcast. I want to inform you, so here are the facts. In the U.S., we got 587 cases of people having contracted it, uh, about 300 in New York, 100 in New Jersey, 144 in Illinois. That's according to the CDC. What's interesting is it looks like the healthcare world was kind of keeping this quiet. So if you're, if you're, uh, if you're healthy, if you're seeing your doc, you should be fine. That This impacts right predominantly people who are at high risk, like very old people or very young, but it's an issue to watch. You're going to hear more about this in the next couple of weeks. Also, the Pentagon announced Iran has killed more troops in Iraq than we previously knew. Every time uh, I, I get a chance, I'm going to try to elevate military, national security, and defense issues. And I think all of our military operations are completely off the radar. But what does this mean? This means one in every six American combat fatalities in Iraq were attributable to Iran. That means indirectly we are at war with Iran, right? Folks who've served overseas know this, but I think most of the American people don't understand the role that Iran has had in attacking American troops. That should have you angry. Uh, this one's way off the radar. 30 people were shot in a three-hour span in Chicago. 30 people in three hours in Chicago, not in Iraq, in Chicago, including an 11-year-old and at least uh, 11 teenagers. This is an important issue, way off the radar. Also, speaking of casualties, some other bad news, but news that's important to know about. Three U.S. service members were killed by a car bomb in Afghanistan this week. Uh, the Department of Defense identified three people who, who were killed. And this gets lost in, in the debate about the wall and about the DHS secretary and about the election campaign. We continue to be at war in Afghanistan. That's why I've used the hashtag Forgotistan. But the Department of Defense identified three Marines that were killed in action this week. Staff Sergeant Christopher Slutman, 43, from Newark. Um, Sergeant Benjamin Hines, 31, from York, Pennsylvania. And Corporal Robert Hendricks, 25, from Locust Valley, New York. Uh, three Marines killed in Afghanistan this week. Uh, they were all infantrymen from the 2nd Battalion, 25th Marine. That's a reserve infantry battalion out of uh, Garden City, New York. Um, they were uh, on a reoccurring six-month rotation. And, you know, one of the issues that, that I think was really heartbreaking about this is that Christopher Slutman, uh, who was 43 years old, was also a member of Ladder 27 uh, in, the, in the New York City Fire Department. Uh, he's a 15-year member of the department. And he was lost. And this, this is an issue I want to talk about. I'm always, I know we have a lot of cops and firefighters and first responders that, that listen. The death of, of firefighter Slutman, again, 43 years old, uh, it highlights a tradition of firefighters that have been serving dual roles in the military, especially since 9-11. So 73 
uh, New York Fire Department personnel are right now on extended orders in branches of the military around the world. And 1,425 of its members are military or reservists, which gets me to the next issue. 9-11 first responders are still going to Washington to demand care for cancer and for devastating injuries that they are suffering because they served at 9-11. Thousands of people have already died. Thousands of people are affected. And shamefully, these men and women have to go down to Washington in wheelchairs with John Stewart to try to get some attention because America's turned our backs on our first responders. More on that later. A couple other issues. Jamal Khashoggi's body, still missing. Nine, uh, six months after his murder, still nobody's been held accountable. Tucker Carlson is still being an asshole. Uh, March Madness is over. That won't make you angry unless you're a Duke fan, but I'm a little sad it's over. It was an amazing tournament. Virginia won the whole thing, uh, beating Texas Tech in overtime. And I think sports is one thing that actually brings us together in these divisive times, and nothing does it better than March Madness. It's the best sporting event in America. But there's plenty to be angry about in America, and if you're here listening, you're not alone. So let's get into it. You know what's hard and can make you angry? Hiring. Hiring people. It can be a real challenge, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, smart, a place where any growing business can connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter.com slash Angry Americans is a place you can go to help you hire people. I'm starting a business and I need to hire people. This is exactly what I need. ZipRecruiter's there, uh, and they can help you if you don't have the reinforcements of a Marine Corps recruiting station. Uh, They can send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. It's really effective, super effective, more effective than a laser-guided missile, and it's so effective, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That's one day. Very effective. Uh, and that's what you need. When, when you're starting a business like I am, you don't have time to mess around. You can't hire fancy headhunters. You need somebody who can help you hit the target, and ZipRecruiter does that. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash AngryAmericans. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash AngryAmericans, A-N-G-R-Y-A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-S. If you can't spell it for some reason, ZipRecruiter.com slash Angry Americans. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, so I'm talking to Rob Sarah. Rob is a, is a friend of mine. He is uh, a veteran of the FDNY. He's a dad. He's an all-around awesome dude. Uh, and I, I wanted to connect with him so he could give us a, the no-shit download on uh, what's going on with the 9-11's Victims Compensation Fund fight. This dude's a hero. And you know, right now he's with his kids, but he's been down in Washington and Rob, for people who don't know, first off, tell them you know, your background real quick and then tell them what's going on. Why is this something that should have people angry? Uh, well, I'm a retired fireman, as you said. I, I started with the FDNY in July of 2001. Um, so I got out of the academy on September 10th. And September 11th, I found myself driving towards, uh, towards Long Island to hockey tryouts, and I saw the, the uh, Twin Towers on fire. So that's that's how my career started. Um, I suffered some health effects from 9/11, which forced me to retire in, in uh, 2012. Um, and since then, I've been advocating for uh, for this bill. 
was so you, ridiculous fight that we've been having for the last 15 years. But, uh, yeah, so I got involved once I retired, and I've uh, been doing it ever since. So your first day on the job was 9-11? Yep. And you've basically been, I would say, you've been fighting for America and fighting for our families ever since? Uh, well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's, that, that's the plan. Right? You're, I mean, you're a humble guy, man. You're, you're, I know. You're, I, I just feel like you know. I I I stuck. I put my hand in the air. I took an oath, you know, and uh, I wasn't ready to retire. You know, I felt like I still had more to give, and uh, at least this gives me an opportunity to still do that. You know. So can can you break it down for people? This is not a a New York only issue. It impacts people in fifty states. It impacts people all across the country. But can can you break it down? Like like paint the picture of what you guys are doing right now and, and what's happening in Washington. Yeah, well, that that's a big pushback is down in Washington. A lot of the reps think that this is a New York issue and New York should be handling it. Um, but the fact of the matter is we have people in all 50 states in the World Trade Center Health Program, 434 congressional districts out of 435. I mean, so we're talking the whole country, you know. Uh, people showed up from everywhere. It wasn't just... New York City cops and firemen that showed up there to help. Cops, doctors, firefighters, police officers, anyone who wanted to volunteer showed up at Ground Zero to help, and, and, and now they're getting sick, and they're, they're, they're being hung out to dry, basically. So talk about what it means to be sick for people who may not know what this is like. What, uh, well, right now we have 96,000 people in the program. We have 10,000 battling at least one cancer. And we have 45,000 battling uh, some other sort of 9-11 illness. Um, the FDNY alone has, has over 2,000 2, with uh, at least one 9-11 cancer. And, and what we're dealing with isn't the norm. It's that, you know, we have, we have over 40 men with breast, breast cancer. We have, you know, they're, they're diseases that we shouldn't be getting at ages. We shouldn't be getting them, you know. Uh, and they're, they're, they're coming on us quickly. It's like... You know, I have a friend, he, uh, he ran the New York City Marathon in, uh, in November of 2017, and by March of 2018, he was dead from lung cancer. That's how quickly, wow. uh, you know, that's how quickly it took him down. I mean, that, and that's, that, that's not an odd story. That's what we're hearing. And I've, I've been down to Washington for the last decade and a half with vets and advocating, and I know it's, it's a grind. Right, you gotta leave your job. You gotta leave school. You gotta go down to Washington. You gotta raise the money. You gotta, you gotta be on your feet all day, talking to people who may not be listening. But can you can you kind of paint the picture here? Because we got you know Republicans, Democrats, and everybody in between that listens to this show. But sh- tell us what it's like to to go to Washington and, and what it's like for you and for your family to be doing this. Paint paint the picture for us. It, well, yeah, for for me it's tough. You know, in 2015 I could get around a lot more, but uh, I've had a few neck surgeries. So now I go down there in a wheelchair, and it's tough. You know, I got to sit. I sit in a wheelchair all day. I mean, the other guys, I feel bad for them. They walk about eight miles, mm-hmm. um, and basically, we have to go down there uh, once or twice a month and tell our nine eleven stories all over again. Um, so we just basically have to spend the day reliving nine eleven, telling the story, trying to to get some sort of emotion out of the person we're talking to. But most of the time, they, you know, they weren't even old enough to remember what nine eleven was. We don't really even know what happened, so we have to explain what happened on 9-11 and then explain what happened to us. Um, and, you know, I would say probably a third of the meetings you feel like, you know, you got through, they, you feel some compassion. Another third you feel, eh, 
Maybe they weren't listening, you know, probably right. doodling in their doodle pad. Mm. And then there's then there's the other three that are contentious, and, and, and you know, they want to know about the money and what it's going to cost. And, and like I said earlier, what is New York doing about this? You know, so, so it's contentious. So you guys, you guys are 9-11 first responders asking for care for injuries that I think are basically like combat injuries, right? When America was attacked, you stepped up to respond. What do they, how do they push back? Like, what do they say? They... I mean, you know, you know the talk, right? You know, they talk about appropriations, they talk about pay-fors, they talk about, you know, they try to talk about things that they think are over the heads of, you know, first responders, and they try to get us, you know, you know, tangled up. I guess is, is the right word. But, and, and no matter what they do, they try to tell you that, that there's no money. That's yeah, they the try to money. tell us there's no money, but when you look at what the amount of money we're asking for compared to the national budget, you're talking about a few dollars, literally. Right. right. So, you know. And that's the frustrating thing is, is you hear that, that there's no money, and then I got to come home and, and go to go to another three funerals. You know, I got to I have to watch, literally watch my friends die in a few months. Can you, and, can you talk about how many people we've lost recently? You've been tweeting up a storm about this. And yeah, well, we lost six last week. Um, we've lost a hundred since the last nine eleven. So wow. it's pretty much every other day since the last nine eleven, meaning in meaning in, in September of twenty eighteen. Wow. Right. Um, the, the fire department is approaching 200. The police department, I believe, is, is well over the triple amount of deaths from 9-11 illness than, than actually died on 9-11. Hmm. Um, you know, so it's, it's not, for us, it's, it's, it's literally every other day, um, you know, and somebody's dying. And we're putting out the information about the bills. We're going to tell people how to support it right now. It's Republicans and Democrats that are on board, but it's Republicans and Democrats that aren't. Right? Right, yeah, it's a, it's a bipartisan bill. We actually, just yesterday, we reached 218 uh, in the House, so that's good news. So we got 218 co-sponsors in the House, Republicans and Democrats. Um, our goal is to, get, is to get to 300, so we have a pretty strong bill to present to the Senate, which, which is where our problems uh, pretty much lie at this point. Because we need help pushing it to the front of the line, right? Everybody's going to say there's all these important issues. This one can wait. But we want to push it to the front of the line and make McConnell bring it to a vote, right? Exactly. Uh, And we need a little bit more of a sense of urgency, you know? I mean, you know, they say, you know, we have till the end of the year, I guess, to get the bill passed. But we have people that are dying now. You know, as, as great as the road trade center health program is, it doesn't cover a lot of stuff. And you have you st- you still have families in the position where they're choosing between, you know, medical treatments or sending their kids to college. You know, we ha- we've had one firefighter who who he, all he had taken care of him was his 18 year old daughter, and she had to drop out of college because the program doesn't cover home hospice care. You know, so I mean that that's the kind of stuff that's going on, and it shouldn't be. Like you said, these are people that stepped up, and we're, and not only are they people that stepped up, but they fe- they stepped up under the pretenses that. They were going through a safe working environment. Yep. They were told the air was safe to breathe. They weren't given proper equipment for air that wasn't safe to breathe. And now they're sick. Okay. So I think it's the, it's the duty of, of, our, of our representatives to take care of these people. I mean, that's, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like when, that, when the founding fathers founded this country, they, 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 they founded a government that should be held responsible by the people. And, and here we have a government that acknowledged the fact that they, that they lied to us they gave us misinformation. They had their own reasons to get Wall Street open and all that. Um, you know, that's a whole other story. Yeah. So, and now when it comes down to take care of the, of the people that they sent there to clean up their mess, 
you know, they, they're talking to us about money. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me, tell me about the wheelchair? Can you tell me about the wheelchair that you're in and and the the story behind it? Yeah. Well, the wheelchair I'm using now belonged to Ray Pfeiffer. Ray was the face of the of the fight in 2015. Um, he he had stage four renal cancer for for over eight years, and uh, you you've you've met a, never met a, a nicer, more graceful man. Yep. I, I don't yep. I don't know if you met yep. him. Did you Absolutely. Meet? Yep. Uh, you know. I, he lived every day with a smile on his face, and he, even though he was he, he was dying, and uh, yeah, I mean, he went down there in between his treatments, and 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 he did what he had to do up until the very end. So when I uh, started, need, you know, my my legs started getting worse, and my neck started getting worse, so I started needing a wheelchair. Ray's family was often uh, nice enough to offer me his. Wow. So now that's what I use when I go down there. I use the, the chair that Ray uh, that Ray lobbied with. And you're carrying on the fight, man. You're you're bringing it forward, and um, I'm grateful for you, and we're all grateful for you. I mean, this 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 makes you angry, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, needless to, needless to say, right? It makes us angry, and it probably should make other people angry, right? Yeah. I, I, to quote the uh, to quote Jesse Ventura, I don't really have time to be angry right now. You know, <laughs> I, I think I'll be angry when this is over and that bill is finally signed. But right now, I I can't afford to be angry. You know. Yeah. Um, like you said, I got three little kids. Uh, you know, they they don't need an angry father. And, and not only that, I think it, I don't think it would uh, it would help me do my job if yeah. I if I, you know, because it'd be. What I would want to do would just go down there kicking and screaming and yelling and fighting, but you know that that's not that's not how, that's not what's going to work. Yeah, yeah. And you're the you first know? guy to to quote Jesse Ventura on this podcast, and I, <laughs> and I don't think the last. I think we will have other. Well, Jesse. It wasn't an exact quote. No, yeah. You, you know, he said you know he about. said I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> right? Yeah. But but so how do you? I, I want to you know. There, there's some positivity out of this, right? Like you're motivating people. You're setting an example for those kids of yours. Um, you know what? What's something that gives you hope and and makes you happy, man? When when you think about um, you know the future or just the day to day, how do you how do you keep going, man? There's a lot of people who listen who are going through struggles. What what kind of advice would you give them on on how to keep going and and how to turn that anger into something positive? Uh, I I think about my kids. You know I. I, basically, that's all I think about, and yeah, I have a responsibility to teach them, and I and I know that the odds are that I'm not going to be here, you know, at times when they're really going to need me. So I I have to give them, as, you know, as much of an example as I can. And I, I say like, I can't teach them how to how to throw a baseball. I can't teach them how to ride a bike. There's a, I have a lot of physical limitations, but I could teach them how to fight for themselves. I could teach sure. them how to stand up for their friends, how to do what's right. So that's what I do, and that, that's what I use as my motivation. I mean, if I if I sat around thinking about all the bad stuff that's happened to me in my life, then what good would that do? And and, and who's that going to help? Nobody, right? Yeah. So I just try to keep my focus on, you know, not only getting this bill passed, but helping the other people out. You know, through through the uh, Ray Pfeiffer Foundation. You know, I I, I help out these other families because I know it's it's more than just the first responders or, or, or the people who are sick that are dealing with this. You know, it's, it's going to affect us for generations. Yeah. And, and that's the sad part. I got, I, got so, one, I got one last question for you, man. Sure. Um, my little kid wants to be a firefighter. He wants to be a firefighter and an, and an astronaut, but he wants to be a firefighter. 
what's the best part about being a firefighter? For me, oddly enough, it was the kids. I always loved my favorite part was riding around, waving at the little kids. Um, But just getting to help people, you know, and and I feel like, and maybe you felt like this in the military, but you really get to know people when, you know, when when you're in situations where where you think you're going to die, you know, and I feel like you you get to see a level of truth um, that maybe everyday people don't get to see, you know, and maybe a little more respect for life itself or, or, or whatever, you know, I, I always looked at it like every day I went to work, there was a good chance I was going to witness the worst day in somebody's life, hmm. which and you, had, and you had a chance to make it better. Yeah. But also it's good to know that, you know, when people were in that situation, they need somebody there, you know, yep. they need somebody to, to give them hope or give you know, or even just be nice to them and, and hold their hand. You know, that sometimes that goes a long way. So, well, what you're doing is going a long way, man, and and it's it's a courageous thing to be there for people on their worst day, and you've been there for a lot of people on their worst day, and and you're making a brighter future for your kids and for a lot of us who were down there uh, on 9/11. And you're a hero, man. You really are. You inspire me, and you inspire everybody who's listening today, and you inspire your kids. And you, you're you're part of what's great about this country. There's a lot to be angry about, but there's also a lot to be inspired about, and, and you're an example of that, man. So I'm really grateful that you could join us on the show and you could share your story, man. Well, I appreciate it. And I'll ask you listeners to get angry for me. Since I can't get angry right now, please get angry. Paul's going to put up the links. Call who you need to call and let them know because we, we need all the help we can get. You got it, brother. Reinforce, right. Reinforcements inbound. We got your back. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Thank you, brother. All right. Thank you. Okay, angry Americans out in the streets. Every week, we're going to talk to real angry Americans. So today, I am just in the shadow of the Statue of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty is right over my shoulder. The boats where people can come in and out to visit the Statue of Liberty are right behind me. Just a couple feet away is the Immigrant Memorial, remembering where millions of people came into this country seeking a better life fitting for our conversations about the wall and immigrants and just a couple blocks to my north ground zero and the world trade center where the 9-11 attacks happened so a lot of 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 important history all around us people from all over the world come to this spot to visit america to experience the statue of liberty and we're going to ask them what they're angry about what they want to talk about and what's on their mind angry americans live from the statue of liberty Hi, uh, Chris uh, from Atlanta. I uh, just moved here and uh, angry a lot about a lot of things, uh, income inequality, uh, police brutality, uh, you know, general state of America. And <laughs> so you've been here in New York for how long? Two months. And what do you think about New York? Uh, it's great. Love it. Uh, I'm glad it's not cold anymore. Uh, <laughs> that was being from Atlanta. That was the big thing. I didn't want to be. <laughs> I uh, wanted to be out of the cold, so now it's weather's beautiful out today. It's really nice. I, I'm not personally in a very angry mood right now, but, you know, in general, I'm angry about a couple things. That's what this show is all about. We, we agree. So we're here at the Statue of Liberty. There's a lot of discussion going on about immigration. Uh, what are your thoughts on Trump's wall? Uh, uh, tear it down before he builds it. Uh, fuck that. Um, sorry for curse. No, you could curse. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, That's why another reason podcasts are great. We have no commercials, and you know you could talk as long as you want, and you can say the f word. Oh, cool, awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, no, as you know, a kid of an immigrant, you know, uh, this country is made stronger by uh, immigration. I think so. It's you know, 
literally like my grandmother came across on Ellis Island over there. Uh, like the poem goes, bring us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses earning to breathe free. Awesome. Thank you for joining us, man. Well said. All right. My name is JD. Uh, I'm originally from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I'm angry about just the political system and just the way that things are going on in this country. So what, what do you think about uh, Trump's idea of building a wall in Mexico? Well, I think that's ridiculous because I think, like, you know, immigrations have a, a, a big deal, a, a major role, and, you know, the, this country's success. So I feel like, you know, when the United States was uh, established, you know what I mean, you know, it was established. It, it, everyone came from different parts of the world to start a new world. So him building a, building a wall, I feel like it's a little ridiculous. How, did, how does it feel to have this discussion about immigration in America with the Statue of Liberty right there behind you? What do you think that means, and and what, what does that mean for you? Okay, well, the Statue of Liberty, I think it means uh, independence. I, I think it means freedom, freedom of speech. So I believe, you know, all that put together, I believe, you know, him building the ball, it, it definitely doesn't coincide with, you know, what the Statue of Liberty means. Your name is J.D., is that right? Okay, so now we're going to talk to JD's twin sister. So tell us your name, where you're from, and, and if you're angry about something, what are you angry about? Uh, my name is Judy. I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, I'm kind of angry about the wall. Tell us why. Because uh, I feel like, you know, people come here for different reasons. Uh, some people, they've been here long enough, you know, to, to be here, you know, so. Right on. What do you think about New York City? I love New York City. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. There you go. You got a salute from the cruise ship. Thank you. Thank you for talking to us, guys. Uh, my name is Raphael, and I come from France, world champion of soccer. <laughs> and uh, I just want to know why, uh, why, uh, why you're angry. Well, I think a lot of people are angry about a lot of different things. Some people are angry about traffic. Some people are angry about Donald Trump. Some people are angry about Hillary Clinton. A lot of people are angry about politics. It's a show about politics. So, um, are people in France angry about anything? Uh, for the same thing, for the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> the yellow, uh, the yellow, the yellow jackets. Yeah. Yellow yeah. Jacket. So, for people who don't know, tell everyone what, what are the yellow jackets angry about? Uh, about uh, the power of money uh, and uh, all the politics do uh, are not doing for the planet, for example. Yeah. So a lot of the same things people are angry about in this country, they're angry about in France too, right? So it's the same. Yeah, working people feel like they're getting screwed. They feel like they're not getting, it's not fair, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, excellent. But you're happy you're in New York now and you're happy? Very happy. Happy to be here, It's right? It's amazing city. Oh. Amazing city. Well, France is amazing too. Welcome to New York. Thank you for being here. Thank you. for. So we, last week we had Canadians and now we have uh, French. It's great. The show is worldwide. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Merci. Merci. Um, my name is Maddie. Um, I'm from Rochester, New York, but I live here currently going to school. I'm a fashion marketing minor, so I think that the kind of insensitivity that the fashion kind of industry still has towards, you know, plus-size models, um, uh, what Gucci came out with, like, a couple months ago that was, like, blackface. It was a blackface sweater. I think that it's just so... 
ridiculous and it makes me so angry how everybody it seems like everybody else can be so sensitive to that things but people in the industry still can't like be sensitive and recognizing that like what they're doing is wrong yeah and, you know and it's only decreasing their profit more and only like taking a hit on their revenue more um whether it's for publicity or not it still is awful so I think yeah that's the one thing because i'm going in that industry i don't want to like have people perceive me as being one of those people that are but that's that's a good reason to be righteously angry yeah i guess so yeah what, what do you think about politics in america i was just reading lone survivor by marcus luttrell he's a navy seal um and so i, I looked i looked you up and i'm like reading this and i looked up like um your bio and that you were in the army and you started a foundation and i think that's awesome and i think that i, I i'm not that like involved in politics just because i try not to get like too angry about it you know? mm-hmm. but, um as far as the military goes i think that it's just i don't know i'm like learning reading more about it and i think that some people don't really understand that like the military are only they put they put a bad kind of connotation on the military and what they're trying to do sometimes when they're literally just like we have no like understanding of what they're doing out there and so yeah i think that there's insensitivity towards that but politics wise i I try not to get too. There's an old saying that you may not be into politics, but politics is into you. <laughs> really? I've never yeah, so it impacts your life. So we're talking to a lot of people who are coming in from the Statue of Liberty and asking them about uh, if they have an opinion on Trump's border wall. Do you have a, an opinion on that subject? <sighs> I... I was just I, I was just listening to your first episode the other like over there because I was like I gotta say thank you. Well, thank you, thank you for doing that. I was like I gotta say thank you to. Him. Thank you to you. <laughs> um, but what you were saying, how it's how it's cutting something about he's gonna take funding from the defense, like so many different things that it only does more injustice to us to take funding from it. The bad people are gonna find a way to get in somehow, and making other people pay for something that you're so like forceful on getting up like. Like, people are, bad people are going to find a way to get in somehow, but not everybody trying to get over is bad. They're just trying to, like, escape, you know, whatever the heck's going on in their country. And we're supposed to be a melting pot of everybody. And I feel like he just doesn't understand that, you know? Well said. Well said. Will you run for mayor while you're here in New York? <laughs> uh, maybe. Who knows? See, there we go. We're announcing another candidacy here. Ma- Maddie, right? Maddie from Rochester? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Maddie from Rochester is running for mayor, everybody. Vote for her. She makes a lot of sense. She's going to reform the fashion industry and the border and is a huge supporter of the military and veterans community. So we thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. Well, the current mayor here is not, so you already got to step up on it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you. Thank you again yeah. for your service. Thank you. My name is Evan, and I'm from uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin. How about uh, politics in America? Just, I want everyone to get along. That's, it's like, doesn't matter who's president. Just, if he's president, you should just, whatever he says, just, uh, hey, okay. All right, thank you for talking to us. Thank you. I hope you have a good trip. Is this your, is your dad? Yeah. Sir, you want to talk to us too? No? <laughs> All right, he's your bodyguard. He yeah. looks like your bodyguard. All right, man, I hope you had a good trip to the Statue of Liberty. Or or I'm his bodyguard. You might be his bodyguard. You're both big dudes. Yeah. I wouldn't want to mess with either one of you guys. Can I tell you a little bit about a thing that happened? Sure, if you're comfortable. Okay, okay Sunday I went to my 10th WrestleMania in a row with my dad. Oh, we have to talk about this. Okay. This, this, is, this is amazing. WrestleMania was this weekend. It was the 35th anniversary of WrestleMania. Yeah. What was your favorite part of WrestleMania? It was all good. Ronda Rousey fought in the in the in the top fight at the end, right? 
Yeah, we we walked out actually. Did you? Yeah, we walked out before the match even got over with or started really because we wanted to get back to the hotel. So we uh, got Tra- traffic in New York will make you angry. No, it's just it's what it is. You're Zen, man. We all need to be be, be like you, man. You're you're setting the tone for everybody. Well, thank you. And you, your dad's taking you to ten WrestleManias in a row. Yeah, he gets Dad of the Year award right there. You're, you're setting the, setting the example, sir. That's awesome. You guys got to experience that together. My name is John Doe. <laughs> okay, John Doe, and you're from? I'm from New York, the Bronx. The Bronx. Okay, and and, and what's got you cranked up, John Doe? What's got me cranked up is this idiotic president that you got in the White House. He's full of shit. Can I say that? You can say it. it's a podcast for sure. Okay. Can I quote this idiot president what he said and why and why is he even president by saying something like this? Please. Did he say grab him by the pussy? Yes. Would any other president be allowed to be there saying this type of stuff? Probably not. What do you think? About, I'm angry about the character. The guy is an obnoxious fool. And why is he even president? The things that he have done, no other president would be there. When you talk about somebody's character, you see, as a leader and a leader, this guy absolutely should not be in the White House. He's the worst president that we had. He says whatever he wants to say. He doesn't care about any feelings. He's an egotistical bastard. I'm angry that they got that guy. That's a good reason to be angry. So as a working man, you're out here working and what's, what's it like out here? What do you think about the situation, the economy, and what it's like for working people in America? He's actually messing up the economy, too, because he got a lot of people afraid to come here in America. You know, he has a lot of the Middle Eastern people afraid, and it's actually messing up our business. I'm not going to tell people what you do, but you work in, you work in tourism. Tour, tourism. And a lot of the tourists does, do not want to come here because of him. That's important. And it, it is messing up the economy. So, yeah. He's a problem. He's a problem. So that's what's got you angry today. Off the top of my head. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> I can go into my wife, but I'm not going <laughs> to. We'll save that for another time. Thank you, sir. All right, buddy. Take Appreciate it. it. Thank right. you. My name's Louise. I'm from Burnt Island in Scotland. And Welcome. Thank you very much. Um, I suppose what makes me angry is rude people. Rude people, yes. I agree. To be honest, I haven't met many in America yet. That's good to hear. Genuinely, compared to at home. Are you surprised? Did you expect Americans to be more rude? Yeah, I did, actually, yeah. Does that have anything to do with our president? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely, 100%. (laughs) What do you think of our president? I think he's... I think he's an arsehole. (laughs) She covered the ears of her daughter when she said that, which I love and respect. And so what about what's going on in in Scotland? I mean, independence has been an issue, right? Well, we've been all basically... Um, when we had a referendum, all yeah. the old people voted and all the young people didn't, so we're still not an independent nation yet. Do you have an opinion on that? I, well, I would love to be independent, um, but yeah, we're, we're hoping that we'll get a chance of a second referendum soon. Awesome, awesome. Is there, what's the best thing about your visit to the States so far? Um, the best bit has been being together as a family. Beautiful. Thank you for talking to us. I hope you have a wonderful trip as a family. Thank you, thank you. And I'm rooting for your independence. Absolutely. So what's your name? Ryder. And where are you from? New York City. And are you angry about anything today? Nope. (laughs) Are you sure? Nope. And I got my toy trucks. 
Okay, and tell us about your toy trucks. Um, this one has a motorcycle, and I have, and I have one more and a plane. Why do you like the train and the motorcycle and the bus? Because, because, because they, because this one flies, and that one has two, and that one, and those two, one of these have two toys in them. Amazing. And what do you think about Donald Trump? He, um, uh, I don't like him. <laughs> Why? Because, because he, um, I don't know why. Okay. Well, what makes you happy? Um, to run around. Excellent. And what else makes you happy? Um, to, to go around in circles. Excellent. What do you think about the sunshine? It's good. Okay. Thank you for talking to us, sir. It's okay. <laughs> okay. So there you have it. Angry Americans in the streets. Good stuff. We're going to try this again in future episodes. You never know where I might show up. So look out for me coming to your city or town. In the meantime, let me know what's got you outraged. Use the hashtag AngryAmericans and sound off now. And go to AngryAmericans.us for videos of these interviews and for lots of other behind-the-scenes content and ways to get involved. Every episode of Angry Americans, I'll offer a productive way to channel that righteous anger. Last week was National Vietnam Veterans Day, and I gave you some ways to take action and make a difference. Thank you to all of you who sounded off and who got involved. Much appreciated. Today, I got a new issue and a new action. We have a very big problem in America right now, one that should have all Americans outraged, furious, angry. Last week, we talked about the situation in Puerto Rico, Willie Geist. Even nice guy Willie Geist said something he was angry about, and it was Puerto Rico. If you're not angry about what's happening in Puerto Rico, you're not paying attention, or you don't have a soul. So I got another one for you this week, one that's not just about anger, but about action. America is again abandoning its 9-11 heroes. Our 9-11 heroes, the folks who stood up on that fateful day and ran into the fire, ran into the carnage, are being left behind. They are right now lobbying Washington, walking around Washington, rolling around Washington in wheelchairs to demand passage of the 9-11 first responders compensation bill. That's what's happening in America. We should all be ashamed, but I think we could all be motivated. Another person died this week from 9-11 related cancer. Uh, Lieutenant Timothy O'Neill, Ladder Company 5, died from World Trade Center related illness. Also this week, Sergeant Brian McCoy, of the New Jersey State Police lost his battle with 9-11 cancer. That makes six 9-11 related deaths in the last seven days. Six in the last seven days, in one week. That makes it 10 deaths total since 9-11 2018. Since 2018. That's essentially one death every two days. So like, nothing to see here. Just move along, folks. This is a serious issue. By the end of the year, more people will have died from 9-11 illness than were actually killed on 9-11. Rob's using the hashtag, my friends are dying. That's the hashtag. He's screaming out for help. And he's asking people to use the hashtag, renew 9-11 VCF, renew the 9-11 Victim Compensation Fund. Permanently. Forever. So they never have to go down there and beg for change again. So they never have to call up John Stewart and ask him to ramp up the, the social media and go on TV. So they never have to roll their wheelchairs into the offices and beg interns for attention. So how do we do that? 
I'm going to give you the way. H.R. 1327 and S-546 are the bills in Congress we need to pass. If you don't know how that works, there's a House version and there's a Senate version, and they have numbers. So if you want to call the people in the House, your, your congressional representatives, your representatives in the House, you use 1327. If you want to call the senators, the 100 big dogs, that's 546. And it's called the Never Forget the Heroes Permanent Authorization of the September 11th Victim Compensation Act. Now, every presidential candidate should be on the record as supporting this, but they're not. President Trump should be on the record as supporting this, but he's not. Every senator in America should be signed on as a supporter of this bill, but they are not. So let's make them famous. Call your senators. Right now, there are 24 Democrats, six Republicans, and two independents who have done the right thing. They've stepped up. And we're going to make them famous if they're with us. They're going to make them, we're going to make them famous if they're not. The lead sponsor, Senator Kristen Gillibrand from New York. She's a Democrat. I'm going to tick off all of the people who are currently signed on. Listen carefully. If you hear your senator's name, that's great. Call them up and say thank you. If you don't hear your senator's name, if you don't hear both of them, light up the phones. Go to congress.gov. You can go to angryamericans.us, and we'll have a link. If you don't know who your senators are, we can help you out. But in addition to Senator Gillibrand from New York, here are the other folks that have stepped up. Senator Cory Gardner, Republican, Colorado. Murkowski, Republican, Alaska. Shaheen, Democrat, New Hampshire. White House, Democrat, Rhode Island. Markey, Democrat, Massachusetts. Booker, Democrat, New Jersey. Schumer, Democrat, New York. Sanders, Independent, Vermont, Baldwin, Democrat, Wisconsin, Van Hollen, Democrat, Maryland. Are you still with me? Listening for your state? All right, there's more. Menendez, Democrat from New Jersey. Blumenthal, Democrat from Connecticut. Merkley, Democrat from Oregon. Duckworth, Democrat from Illinois. Bennett, Democrat from Colorado. Warren, Democrat from Massachusetts. Casey, Democrat, Pennsylvania. Klobuchar, Democrat, Minnesota. Murray, sorry, Murphy, Democrat, Connecticut. Coons, Democrat, Delaware. Kamala Harris, Democrat, California. Cotton, Republican, Arkansas. Collins, Republican, Maine. Wyden, Democrat, Oregon. Angus King, Independent from Maine. There's a couple more. Cinema, Democrat from Arizona. Moran, Republican from Kansas. Durbin, Democrat from Illinois. Hassan, Democrat from New Hampshire. Cardin, Democrat from Maryland. Hirono, Democrat from Hawaii. And Roy Blunt, Republican from Missouri. Those are the people who have stepped up. If you did not hear your senator's name on there, they are wrong. Call them up. Take some angry action. Shout them out on Twitter. Let them know you're watching. Let them know that you need them to step up now and support 9-11 first responders. Support America. Support angry Americans. Call them up. Make them famous. There's one more thing you can do. I want to give you angry action, not just Congress, but out in the field. You can support the Ray Pfeiffer Foundation. It's therayfeifferfoundation.org. I'll put a link to it on angryamericans.us, and you can use the hashtag angryamericans, but they're a nonprofit charity that assists first responders, firefighters, cops uh, with medical needs not covered by insurance. And it was established in in memory of Ray Pfeiffer, uh, a New York City firefighter who died on May 28th, 2017 from 9-11 cancer. Ray never stopped putting the needs of others before his own. He represented the best of us. And he was leading a force in lobbying to extend the Zadroga Act through 2090. That's the one that ensured health care coverage for thousands of people who need or will need treatment from health conditions as a res- direct result of 9-11. That includes me. 
I go to that center every year and get a checkup, and so do thousands of others. So we'll have a link at angryamericans.us, and we'll post more on Twitter using the hashtag angryamericans. Sound off. Let me know what you think. If you were affected, let me know what you think. If you're fed up, let me know what you think. If you want to run against one of these people who haven't signed on to support 9-11 first responders, let me know. Together, we can help these people, and we can unite as Americans. We can hold politicians accountable, and we can make an impact. And we can show our kids that Americans can stick together. We can be a team. We can be a force for good. And we can give people hope. That's what this show will do. And that's what you can do every day. So if you've got a story to tell or a resource to share, use the hashtag AngryAmericans and let me know. Don't just be angry. Be active. Success is a team game. I talk about that all the time. And this pod is not possible without the help of an awesome team. So thanks to Chris Flannery, our producer, Brandon Pfeiffer, uh, who's crushing the execution, Eric Schonborn, digital guru, Cadence 13, for making this stuff happen, Righteous Media for Power and the whole thing, my family, my wife, and two boys. I love you guys. And also the team at Oscar Mike. Stay tuned, people. We got some very cool Angry Americans merch coming soon, and Oscar Mike is putting it together. They're veteran-owned, 100% made in the USA, and 1,000% badass. I love these guys. And you will too, and they're in the lab cooking up some tasty merch treats, so stay tuned. Most of all, my thanks to you for listening, for being involved. You make this podcast possible, and you're going to help it grow from a show into a movement. So tell your friends to subscribe now wherever you get your podcast. Follow Angry Americans on all your social media platforms. Use the hashtag Angry Americans. And let me know what you thought about this episode. Let me know what you want to hear in the days ahead and who you'd like to hear me interview. There's no topic that's off limits, and anybody is possible. Until then... It's okay to be angry. And no, you're not alone. We're all a little angry, and we're not going anywhere. I'm your host, Paul Reichoff. Thanks for listening. Stay vigilant, America.